Hi everyone, I'm Sue Langada and I'm a real estate copywriter and host of this podcast, Real Estate Right. I meet people just like you every day, selling your homes, renting a property going up for sale, frustrated with not knowing the information that you need to make you that little more savvy in your real estate transactions. I'm here to help you. Help you learn before you get to that stage of meeting me to write your copy. Help you know how to make the journey that little bit easier. Stay tuned as we have an awesome podcast today to get you more in the real estate know. Renting is a fantastic way to find your own freedom after leaving the family nest. But bringing your fur friend, fish tank, or talking cockatoo to a new rental property has its own complexities. Today, we will give you some insight into how to apply for a rental property successfully when you have pets. You're listening to Real Estate Right. Top experts talk about how to buy, sell, rent, and invest right. Your host is Sue Langda. Real Estate Right is back to educate you on how to be more confident when buying, selling, renting and investing in real estate. With a back library of every aspect of real estate, there is sure to be a topic we have already covered that piques your interest when it comes to real estate. If we haven't got it covered, we would love to know what you want to know so we can get the right expert in to cover your topic. We're a big family now, so help us help you become more real estate savvy. Sophie Lyon has worked in property management for more than 30 years and is currently the Director and General Manager of Property Management at Jealous Craig Burundara. Across what can only be described as a standout career, Sophie's ongoing delivery of superior client service has seen her rise to positions of significant leadership in all aspects of property management. Sophie is also actively involved as a director of the REIV and is an accredited trainer currently focusing on delivering training for the new Residential Tenancies Act coming this year. Welcome, Sophie. Thanks for coming back, Sophie. Um, How has the rental market been since uh, lockdown's been removed? It's starting to pick up, but we do, we have a lot of property vacant at the moment. Unfortunately, the ones that are really suffering are the one and two bedroom flats. Um, We're definitely finding that that's a, um, a harder section of the market right now. Because the majority of those people are there either the students or the hospitality workers or, um, you know, people like that who just aren't around now. So um, we're just having to, to mm. deal with that on behalf of a lot of clients and just be very creative around finding tenants for them. Yes. And there's also that whole, I suppose, surge of people wanting to have that separate home office, isn't it? So you're not going to get that in your one-bedroom apartment. No, that the quality of life thing um, is definitely playing into it quite a bit. So we are seeing people probably look to move out a little bit um, or mm. one of the other um, the other outcomes of, of COVID that we've seen is people pooling their finances and pooling their households. Um, so where you might mm. have um, two people who are sharing a two-bedroom flat 
we've now got applications from four people wanting to set wanting to share a four bedroom house because yeah. if you're paying four hundred and fifty dollars a week in a two bedroom flat, you can pay nine hundred dollars a week for a four bedroom house, um, and you know have a lot more room, bigger kitchen, family yeah. room, perhaps a pool. Um, so yeah. they're they're really looking at those options. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting times. You know those those apartments might you know let's throw a wall, you know, kick a wall out and make one two apartments one. You know, maybe that will happen. Hey, see, that, that's thinking happen. outside the square. That's what we need. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's what we need. But yeah, the, the councils won't like it. Well, rates won't yeah, go down. That could be a bit iffy. <laughs> um, and, the, you know, the city market, obviously, there's there's a lot, a lot available in there. So but there's got to be a yeah. sweet spot there, I think, where people actually start looking and thinking, okay, it makes good financial sense for me to go back into the city, into one of those apartments mm. because I can get it for such a low rent um, mm. and almost just kind of chase those low rents for a little while because I think it'll it'll sort of, it might be with us for a little bit longer yet. Yes, hopefully no third wave, but you never know. <laughs> we can only cross our fingers. We can only cross our fingers, yes. So now getting into the questions, we're talking about pets and tenancies today. Um, mm-hmm. Now what type of pets are we allowed to have in a rental property? Funny, I was watching a, um, a podcast around this a while ago and mm-hmm. the whole joke was around having a llama. Oh, um, really? And was I allowed to have a llama in my property? And yeah. so this whole conversation was around a llama. Um, I would probably say we would draw the line at said llama um, yes. <laughs> unless you do have plenty of backyard to accommodate it, permits, etc. cetera. Yeah. Um, but being perfectly rational with it, um, the, the type of pets you're allowed to have in a rental property now, it's dogs, cats, chickens, Birds, um, well, birds kind of, you know, just put a big circle around those. Um, Fish, reptiles, if you have the right licences. So there there probably isn't a great deal of difference in the type of pet that you could have in a rental property. It's more around is the pet suitable for the property. So where we would probably push back would be if someone wanted to have two very large dogs in a Mm one-bedroom apartment that didn't have any sort of outdoor space or just had a tiny little apart, a little balcony or something. So yeah. you have to look at the animal's welfare just as much as the as the tenants desire to have a pet. Yeah, fair enough. Like, for instance, Mornington Peninsula, on their little council guidelines of how many pets you're allowed to have, it's per how many square metres of land. That's right. I'm on an acre. We're allowed to have up to three dogs, up to 20 fowl. So fowl and birds are very different. That's a lot. We are allowed to have... One horse or similar, one cow or similar, one or horse similar is horse, donkey, llama. I was going to say, surely similar to horse would be llama, I would think. Mm, yeah, and everything else would be registered according to your licences. So Yeah, um, but that's the other thing. Council restrictions play into it very heavily as well. Most Melbourne suburban blocks is two dogs is, is the maximum. That's right. Um, otherwise yeah. you'd be a, have to be a registered breeder or something, don't you? Yeah. But inner yeah. city apartments will be quite different. Um, yeah. You know, the legislation differs from, you know, the city of Burundara to the city of Stonington to the city of Monash. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's really something that you have to look at primarily before coming to the agent and saying, I have got this particular pet because they may not mm-hmm. be able to have it or have multiples of that particular pet in certain areas. Yeah. Yeah. So guess what? It's not just the property man who's going to stop you. It's going to be the council. Well, it's that. And also, you know, the saying that you're allowed to have pets in a property, you certainly are, but 
the owner also may have concerns over that for a certain uh, reason, which might be that they, um, you know, it's a particularly um, high value property and they've got, you know, supremely polished floorboards. So they're concerned about having mm. a pet inside. Um, or also they may have really bad allergies and their plan might be to move back into the property at some point. Um, mm. So there's also factors that, that play into it from a landlord perspective, not just because a landlord says, I don't want the tenant to have a dog. It might be a legitimate yeah. reason why. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, you know, if they've got allergies to cats and dogs and, and you know, there's lots of carpet in the house mm. and the house is only available for 12 months while they're doing a stint uh, interstate or overseas or something, then, yeah. you know, of course, you, you wouldn't want to have a dog or a cat that could destroy your home or your <laughs> inner well-being. Yeah. Okay. Now, do we need to state that we have a pet or pets on our rental application when we apply? If you already have them, yes. Um, yeah. If you intend to get them further down the track, it's a good thing for the owner to be aware of. Um, yeah. But if you hadn't made a definite decision one way or the other and it's something that you, some people we find inherit animals, it wasn't their intention to have it, but for certain reasons within other family members, the animal needed somewhere to go and so the, the tenants have taken them on. Um, yeah. So the hard and fast rule would be yeah, if you have the pet already or you you know you're going to get the pet, yes, please tell us because um, mm. then we can make sure we've got the right um, information in the lease agreement, um, that the owner is fully aware um, and that we have the right clauses in there as well. So when you move out, everyone knows exactly what the expectations are of the rectification yeah. of the property, um, steam cleaning, defleeing, all of those types of things. Yes, because it is a process. It's, it is. Isn't it? Yeah, it's like anything, there's a process that sits behind it and that's part of the reason why we ask to make sure that everyone understands what their responsibilities are. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so are we limited to the number of pets we're allowed? Like is there a real a residential act thing that says that we're only allowed to have so many pets? No, there's nothing There's nothing in the Residential Tenancies Act about that. Um, that really does go back to what we were talking about before with the councils yeah. um, or what's what's deemed to be reasonable and practical. Um, so if you want to, you know, 10 times numbers of birds in, um, in a small suburban unit yeah. backyard, okay, maybe that's not ideal. Um, mm. But, you know, could you have a bird? For sure. Um, I, I don't think that there would be a great deal of issue around that as a negotiation between a landlord and a tenant. Even a talking cocky, the one who, like, squawks at them. <laughs> uh, there, was, there was a cocky on the news recently that got in a lot of trouble for saying swear words, so that just that's where oh, my yeah. head goes straight away. So, <laughs> well, I'm uh, sure it does. <laughs> <laughs> if we already have started the tenancy, can we just go and get a pet without saying anything or do we actually have to sort of say something yeah, at some point. Yeah, it, it, it is preferable, as I said, for us to, to be aware. Um, I think yeah. now that the the likelihood of an owner rejecting the pet going into the property, um, there, there really shouldn't be that that fear in tenants anymore <laughs> that, oh, they're going to make us get rid of, get rid of the pet. Um, yeah. I think there is that fear still, isn't there? There is a lot of tenants are quite fearful about, saying anything aren't they they can be absolutely um yeah. but that's what i was going to say i think that everything everything can be negotiated everything can be discussed um mm. and you know if it comes down that the owner simply has said you know we definitely don't want the tenant to have a pet 
the process then is the tenant, um, sorry, the owner needs to make an application to VCAT and go to VCAT and state their reasons why they don't want the tenant to have a pet. Um, yeah. So that might be a little bit inconvenient for the tenants, but what we're finding with the majority of owners, the only ones who are doing that are the ones that have a really strong case behind why they don't want to have the pet. Um, yeah. And once we've had a conversation with them around the way that the legislation has changed um, and that the tenants do now have a right to have a pet on the premises, majoritively everyone just works it out and they all kind of settle in. Yeah. So now if we are pet sitting for a friend, like just over Christmas or something like that, do we have to notify the property manager? Uh, again, good idea to do it. Um, yeah. Simply because that way there can be a conversation around, okay, so is the pet inside, outside? Um, how long is the pet going to be there? If it does any damage, we need to have that conversation. So um, rather than, you know, 12 months down the track when we arrive and the back door's chewed and or we come yeah. to do the next routine inspection, the back door's chewed and we're like, hang on a minute, did you have a pet? Um, yeah. So I, I would like to say that majoritively property managers aren't the bad guy. We're not, we're not there yeah. to, to make things hard. Um, we've just been through this situation before and so we sort of know how to have a conversation with you, have a conversation with the owner and make everyone comfortable with how things are going to, to progress um, because sometimes pets or pets that uh, are there temporarily um, have a habit of turning up permanently and there's been yeah. no arrangement or discussion around that. Yeah. And the reality is it's a duty of care. It's not your home. It's no, not exactly. your property. Yeah. It's a duty of care. Yeah. yeah. So we will have a short break and come back with more from Sophie Lyon from Jealous Craig, where we will talk about the financial and care responsibilities of pet ownership when it comes to renting a property. You're listening to Real Estate Right. I'm Sue Langada, and I'm on today with Sophie Lyon, Director and General Manager of Property Management at Jealous Craig, as well as the Director of the REIV. That's a big business. Card. <laughs> There's a lot in there. There's a lot in there. <laughs> There's a lot in there. <laughs> um, and we are talking about pets and tenancies. So, Sophie, putting the REIV Director hat on, mm-hmm as you do sometimes, yes. is it legislated that we have to pay a, a bigger bond if we bring a pet to the property? No. No, no. It has, it's not. Um, again, those those things are all by negotiation. So you've, you've okay. never been able to have a pet bond, um, mm. which, you know, a while ago there was a little bit of um, – of that that was one of the things that some agents were actually doing they were taking pet bonds yeah um you can't do that but if a tenant has um has a pet then there is the ability to negotiate taking a higher bond if the tenant is prepared to pay it but once we go into um you know once the new legislation actually kicks in um mm-hmm. it says that the maximum bond or that the prescribed amount for the bond is nine hundred dollars a week so the rent needs to be higher than $900 a week in order for us to be able to take a higher bond. So therefore, okay. the short answer is no. Short answer is no. Yeah. And won't be changing. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But what, from a property manager side of things, what we would do is actually encourage the landlords to make sure that they have insurance that covers them in the event that there's damage done by the pet as well. Okay. 
um, because then, you know, if something untowards happens, they have got some money there to rectify any damage that's done by the PEP. Yeah. Rather than utilising the tenant's bond. Yeah. Like, for instance, we've got a nice timber set of slide, um, stack of sliding doors and, yeah, there's scratch marks beyond repair. There would be, yeah. And, um, yeah, like, luckily it's our home. It's but it's a it's a six thousand dollar door most likely. It's it's a big cost of a replacement. Yep. We've got a uh, listener question here. Carl from Cranbourne wants to know what is expected from the tenant in terms of caring for the property. Is there is is there an expectation? Caring for the property in respect with a pet. With a pet. Yeah. With a pet. So I I would say that you should look at it from the perspective of if it, as you said before if it were your own home. Um, so, you know, if, if the pet um, marked the carpet or damaged a door or something along those lines, you would get that rectified or you would expect that because your pet had damaged it, that it was something that you were going to be required to rectify when you vacate the property. Um, yeah. Pet damage is definitely not fair wear and tear, um, okay. even though pets are agreed to. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't believe that, that fair wear and tear covers off scratch marks to a wall or a, a door or um you know uh pee marks on the on the carpet or something along those lines those all yeah. those things would have to be rectified i've also got a dog that's decided that i'm looping the carpet under the bed so we've got little longer yeah. bits of carpet yeah. and you know like you could cut it back but then you lose the density yeah so yeah, yeah that that carpet's going to be replaced too is that the new game is it that and he's the old, he's the older one, not the puppy. It's just so weird what they do. <laughs> like he's, it's like he's burying something under the bed. Oh, it's like, oh right, spread on the carpet. Yeah, yeah, and it's just pulled it all up. Yeah. So yes. Um. Anyway, going on to carpet, is it expected that we clean the carpets regularly if our pet obviously has little little accidents, or can we expect the landlord will replace the carpets knowing that we've had a, a pet in the uh house uh i i don't think it's a reasonable mindset to be in that the owner will replace the carpet simply because there has been a pet there um the carpet might be brand new when the tenant moves in um and so therefore there there may not be any reason for the owner to have to replace that carpet um two years later if they had just had a stock standard tenancy just because they've had Mm. a pet in there it doesn't really change the playing field around what the expectations are for the owner to replace the carpet yeah. because there's been a pet. Um, yeah. The owners would be on the tenant to steam clean um, and deodorise the carpet and also probably apply a deflea um, uh, coating to it, um, spray yeah. to it, because the, the life cycle of the flea, the fascinating things that you learn as a property manager um, is generally around 14 days so from the time the tenant moves out until the time we're refunding the bond we may not be aware that there's actually fleas in there the tenants might not be aware that there's fleas in there Um, it could be you know something that their their dog cat bird whatever it is has only recently picked up Um, Mm. so that's the reason why we ask everybody to deflea the carpet we do get some people yeah. who come back and go, no, my pet hasn't got fleas, such and such. It doesn't cost all that yeah. much on top of the steam cleaning yeah. to do it. And then just again, do it. it eliminates arguments later on. Exactly. It does. Yeah. Now, Sophie, owners' corporations could also have a say on having a pet. So how does that work when you um, apply for a tenancy and you want a pet? Well, 
The interesting thing is that since this legislation's come in, there's been a couple of decisions that have come through from VCAT, which we've been able to, to have a look at the actual written reasons from the VCAT member. Um, and that one of the determinations actually said that the relationship um, for the tenancy of the property is between the landlord and the tenant. So therefore the owners corporation actually didn't have any ability to, um, to overlay whether you could or couldn't have a pet um, on the top of that relationship between the landlord and the tenant's um, written agreement. So oh, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. So the the owners corporation don't have much of a say unless they have got something in their legis in their um, strata plan uh, that actually mm. says no one can have a pet. Um, yeah. Even then, the tenant may be able to challenge it, but that would be probably the only time that you could do it. Um, yeah. But there is a lot of um, a lot of like high-rise apartment buildings and things like that where they've recognised now that the majority of people kind of come with a pet these days and yeah. especially after COVID. I mean, the you know, oh, dog definitely. and cat ownership has gone through the roof. Um, I feel like we're in New York or somewhere. New York is very it is. high on the, the dog and cat apartment living lifestyle, aren't yep. they? Very, yeah, and, and Europe, of course, they, they have their mm. dogs and cats in apartments over there all the time. So... I yeah. think that that's kind of where we're going and it, we're just going through this period of adjustment um, for everybody to just work out that it's actually not the end of the world um, mm. and most pet owners are very responsible um, mm. and actually want to do the right thing. So I think that's, yeah. it's it, yeah, it's not the end of the world. No, it's not. Well, thanks so much, Sophie, for coming on Real Estate Right Again and talking to us about pets and tenancies. Pleasure. If you would like to contact Sophie for any of your property management needs, you can call her on 03 9810 5053 or go to jealouscraig.com.au for more information. So in a few weeks time, we will have three episodes about the new Residential Tenancy Act, which will be coming in on the 29th of March, 2021. Is that right? Yep. And Sophie's going to come back and talk to us about all those changes, which will be very exciting because there are some pretty uh, full on changes, aren't there? Mm-hmm. Yep. There's a lot in there. There's a lot in there. Okay. Um, however, next week we have our first town taster on Tuesday and we will be talking about the lovely semi-rural suburb of Tyab. Um, we also have on Thursday the lovely Nicole Jacobs from, from Nicole Jacobs Property to talk to us about the pros and cons of auctioning your home on a public holiday or a school holiday weekend. So don't miss it. Real Estate Right is a real copyright production hosted and produced by me, Sue Langada. I would like to thank Podbean for hosting our podcast, Premium Beat for our theme music, and Francis Morello for his voiceover. Real Copyright is a leading real estate copywriting service throughout Melbourne. If you would like your property copywritten by Real Copyright, please book your copy through orders at realcopyright.com.au. If you would like us to help create more valuable real estate information for the people of Melbourne in this podcast, contact sue at realestateright.com.au. Thanks for listening to Real Estate Right.